In the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. St. Paul writes to the Romans, If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. But we tend to complicate things. A number of years ago, I worked on a staff with a guy who seemed to complicate every conversation that he was involved in. You, you could not ask him to pass the salt without giving ten, getting ten reasons why we should, should really be careful about our sodium consumption. Everything was complicated. I'm sure it was totally a coincidence that he worked in IT. But um, it's, it's not just other people, though. Uh, It's us, too. We uh, feel like we have got to add our two cents. We've got to come up with uh, reasons why a project should have been done differently. We need to talk about uh, why other people should be living their lives differently. Uh, We need to talk about our feelings. We complicate things. And I've been thinking about how we tend to complicate things because of this verse from Romans 10. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And I have really been wrestling with this passage. And What I initially thought that I would say about it is that we believe that God probably has made salvation more complicated than He is letting on. And so just in case we feel compelled to add two cents... Uh, Maybe three. Uh, To come up with uh, reasons why it should be a little different, uh, why others aren't doing it right, and to talk about our feelings. But here Paul says it's it's so easy. There's there's nothing to it. Just confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in the resurrection and you will be saved. So I began to, in preparation for this message, began to toy with that. To sort of work out these ideas for amazing illustrations. Not really. Uh, but it, it it never sat quite right. Because I realized that we like easy instructions. If I buy some sort of electronic equipment, I open it up. I don't want a, a, a owner's manual that's this thick. I want one sheet of paper that has only pictures. No words. Just pictures that say, uh, insert this cord into this hole and touch this button and it's on. I love that. I just want easy instructions. And so I began to wonder if we might not actually appreciate the ease with which Paul tells us that we may be saved. Simply confess the Lordship of Christ and believe in the resurrection. And in fact, you know, it's not even a two-step process because the Lordship of Christ is inseparable from the resurrection. The resurrection confirms that Jesus is Lord. And so we're simply confessing or acknowledging what we believe, and we will be saved. Somewhere in there, I realize the problem that we have as we approach this verse is probably not that we have overestimated how complicated God has made salvation. Quite to the contrary, we probably think He's made it too easy. And here's what I mean by that. See, the problem is that uh, in our sort of deep down 
hidden thoughts, we believe that we could not possibly be satisfied the way the preachers say we will be, or the way the Bible says that we will be. We couldn't possibly be satisfied on an uh, eternal, peace that passes understanding, soul level, if we haven't contributed ourselves. If we haven't achieved it, at least to some degree, on our own. Like so many of you, I have loved football since I was just a tiny little boy. And all through my childhood, when people would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up, uh, I had no doubt I was going to be a professional football player. Now, I, uh, I was not especially big or strong or fast, but that was not going to stop me uh, from making the Hall of Fame until August before my ninth grade year when I finally put on pads. And by the end of that first practice, I realized that my uh, dreams of the Hall of Fame were in jeopardy. And by the end of that week, I wasn't sure I was going to get any playing time that season. And I can remember thinking to myself, right there at the very beginning of my below average high school football career, that I was just going to have to find a different Hall of Fame. Because I wanted to be great at something. To hear the cheers of a crowd. I wanted to have my accomplishments judged and shown to be incredible. I wanted the glory. And that was then. I'm an adult now. In fact, I'm a minister of the gospel. And I have learned very sophisticated ways to hide the fact that I still want all those things. I even hide that from myself sometimes. And so I invite you to consider uh, whether you approach pretty much every aspect of your life the way that I do, uh, with a desire for glory on some level. With a desire to have your accomplishments seen by others and judged worthy. A desire to be deeply satisfied in those accomplishments. And I would contend that this includes, and and probably um, at the deepest and most fundamental levels of our uh, psyche, uh, a desire to contribute to our standing before God. Saved by grace, oh yes, but my, look at that resume. Saved by grace, sure, but two terms as PGA president and looking so good the whole time. Listen, it is good. Uh, It is good to work hard, uh, to contribute to society. Uh, The affirmation from others can be a great blessing. But uh, we are are achievers. And in the midst of our lives, we are not sure that grace is enough. We want the Hall of Fame too. Friends, no hall of fame in this life, no hall of fame for our own accomplishments can compare to the glory of God uh, which we have been invited into. And we realize all that we have been saved from, even our own desire to save us, to save ourselves, that we have been saved from even that, from our entire, the death of our sinfulness. And that He instead has bestowed upon us His resume, His righteousness. 
then we naturally, naturally will confess that Jesus Christ is our Lord. For His grace humbles us in all the right ways. In C.S. Lewis's incredible work, uh, The Great Divorce, Lewis tells the story of these ghost souls from hell who come to the doorstep of heaven on vacation. And each of these pale ghosts is met there by a bright person. uh, Someone whom they knew on earth, but uh, who is now in heaven, who has come to them specifically to invite them to stay. Fascinating uh, conversations, but there's one in particular helpful to us this morning. And for this particular ghost, when he was alive, he was a Church of England bishop who was hailed as a daring theological voice, challenging all the traditional pillars of Christian faith uh, to much acclaim. He sold a lot of books. And this bishop ghost is met by a friend who participated in many of those conversations with him for many years, but who in the end gave himself uh, to Christ. And in the conversation, the heavenly person invites the bishop to stay, but the bishop is reluctant because he he is supposed to deliver a theological paper back in hell. And he would have to miss that. But the bright person presses him, presses him further. Will you come with me to the mountains, he says. Well, uh, that that is a plan, the bishop replies. I'm perfectly willing to consider it. Of course, I should require some assurances. I should want to guarantee that you are taking me to a wider sphere of usefulness. That you are giving me a scope for the talents that God has given me. No, said the other. I can promise you none of these things. No sphere of usefulness. You are not needed there at all. No scope for your talents. Only forgiveness for having perverted them. But I will bring you to the land, not of questions, but of answers, and you will see the face of God. But ultimately, the bishop declines. He is not sure, even then, what we know to be true from the words of Scripture. That His grace is sufficient for us. Because the righteousness that comes by faith says to us that if we confess with our lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in His resurrection in our hearts... That we shall be saved. And even that confession and that belief is a fruit of His finished work in His own death and resurrection given to us. Thanks be to God. Amen.